0: Friends are great. We love having friends. I had a friend who was at Mass this week. He was visiting from out of town. I introduced him at Mass, and Ellie O'Reilly came up to me after Mass, and she said, Father, you have friends. I'm surprised. (laughs) I think she was kidding. We want to have friends who will encourage us, who will help us to be hopeful who will help us to be less afraid. But I had a friend recently who was talking to someone he knew. He was sharing with this person some things that gave him hope, uh, that gave him a little bit of peace. And this person said to him, Well, it's good to be afraid. I don't want friends like that. It's good to be cautious. It's good to be smart. But fear doesn't lead us to good places. If you meet someone today who is joyful, you could conclude one of maybe three things. You know, fear and joy, they can't coexist. So if you meet someone who's joyful, you could conclude, one, this person is clinically insane. Two, they have really good prescription meds. And I would like some. Or three, this person must have someone who loves them. Because only that can produce real joy. Think about the decisions you've made in life from a place of fear and panic. And the decisions you've made in life from a place of calm and consideration. How did those go? We don't know what it is that drives the tenants in this Gospel to react with such outrage and violence when the landowner, the Father, God the Father, um, sends his servants and then sends his own son to them. But there must have been some kind of fear at work. And we can be like this, that when we're presented with the love, the generosity of God coming into our, into our lives, he sent his own son to live with us, suffer, die, and rise for us, we get afraid. What if I let God into my life? Isn't he going to take away my freedom? Then isn't my life going to look different? I'm going to have to sacrifice more. I'm going to have to live differently. And I would just... Rather, live in a predictable way. By my own rules. And St. Paul, he knows that fear we have in our hearts, which is why he says this extraordinary thing. Have no anxiety at all. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make yourselves known to God. Then the peace of God, that surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There were some people in my college class who, after they graduated, they were working in, in different jobs, but they found that they had had a kind of a spiritual community when they were in college, and that all separated and scattered, One was in seminary, one was working at a parish, and then I had two of these guys who were working really high-profile jobs in Chicago. One was working for Goldman Sachs, and one was working for this consulting firm, McKinsey. And they found that this really disrupted their prayer lives, and that it was really hard to pray in these situations. If you're working 80 hours a week at Goldman Sachs in Chicago, it's going to be hard to pray. And some of them had started using these meditation apps, apps that would give them kind of something to reflect on at the end of the day or at a certain part of the day um, that would help kind of uh, assuage some of the thoughts or the anxieties that they were having and help them to become uh, more still. But at the same time, some of them were asking questions about other parts of their life. Does my life really have a purpose? Not a purpose I make up for it, that I choose for myself, but that's inherent, that somebody's given to me. Is God real? And does he have a place in my life? What does faith mean? And they found that while these apps were helpful for kind of calming themselves down, they couldn't really help them address these deeper questions. And so they decided to create an app. It's called Hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W. It's a Catholic prayer and meditation app. And some of them were the people who were visiting me this week, and we were just kind of marveling. Whoever would have thought when we were in college that they would be at this point doing this? It's been around for about three years and has been used over a million times. There are thousands of people using this app. That's what happens when we give God permission and when we aren't afraid. That happened because these people were open not to ruling their own lives. So when we're afraid, if we're anxious, as so many people have been over the last six months and beyond, how can we respond to that in faith? Here are just three little kind of practical tips. I don't have all the answers to this, These are just some things that seem to be helpful. One, it's just good to acknowledge that we are not all-powerful. God is all-powerful, and we are not. He loves when we admit this. This is very precious to him. And so it can be helpful for us to identify what is the fear? What's the specific thing I'm afraid of? Because often we run around kind of just being afraid, but not knowing what we're afraid of. And then once we've identified that, kind of to ask ourselves, in this situation, with this fear, what circumstances can I control, and what can I not control? Because we can spend a lot of time in life trying to control things that are uncontrollable, and that's exhausting. God didn't make us for that. So it's helpful to acknowledge when there's something we can't control, and to act on what we can. The second thing is to bring this fear uh, into our prayer life. I feel that way a lot. <laughs> not to make our prayer lives scared, but to offer our fears to God. Not to hold on to them and cling to them. There's a simple prayer that I'll often recommend to people in confession. Um, it's just helpful to kind of have a little, a little structure for a prayer like this. Just to say, Jesus, I renounce the spirit of whatever you're afraid of, or if there's a sin you're struggling with, and I invite in the spirit of the opposite thing. Jesus, I renounce the spirit of fear, and I invite in the spirit of trust, or truthfulness. And even just having a small prayer like that can be very stabilizing. It can bring us into the Lord's presence when we're afraid, remind us, that there is a place where we do not need to be afraid. And then the third thing. Turn off cable news. Please. I don't know what else to say about that. (laughs) If you get your news on your phone, I found, I even, I double-checked my phone this morning. So it has this, these two buttons on the side, and you can turn it off. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if every phone has it, but my phone does. (laughs) You can actually do that. It works. And you can put it aside and not look at the news for ten minutes or your notifications. It's beautiful outside. You can go to the Clark Art Museum an hour away. You can walk in the woods. You can listen to music. Because so much of what we're consuming is predicated on this illusion that if we have more information, we have more control. But friends, that is a lie. We have more information, sometimes that helps, Um, but more facts don't equal more wisdom, as important as facts are. And when we keep going back to things, to our phones, to our TVs, because we're afraid, because we think, if I don't knew, know this or do this right now, I'm going to miss something. And then you go there, and what you see makes you more afraid. We should remember that fear is Satan's favorite tool. That this is the way he disrupts our peace and keeps us away from God's heart. So sometimes it's good to just stay away. And that actually gives us clarity. Clarity gives us insight in our hearts so that we can actually make wise decisions, so that we can actually understand the world and the people given to us. Because the truth is that God wants to rest fear out of our hearts so that we can rest in him. He wants to rest fear out of our hearts and replace it with goodness and beauty and truth. When we come to the Eucharist, when we receive Jesus' body and blood, God wants to wrest fear out of our hearts and replace it with himself so that he can rest in us.